Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Yellow leather, red leather. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hey, G. Hey, Chris. <laughs> How are you? I'm leaving that in, by the way. You're leaving that in? My yeah. vocal warm-up? Yeah. For the absolute terror that are my vocal cords currently? Tell everyone what's happening. Well, that it leads into my millennial, most millennial thing of the week. So, uh, What is the most millennial thing that happened to you this week, Gigi? So, I think, I feel like every time I talk about this, it's either related to avocados or Taylor Swift. Um, this time it's Taylor Swift again. Um, so our good friend, Sarah, friend of the pod, Sarah, um, and I went to a Taylor Swift dance party last night. It's kind of like those emo nights that they've been holding around cities. Help, I've, help more people. Cause I'm not familiar with any of this. So live nation, um, ah, live ah, nation, live nation, the monopoly that is the monopoly that is, um, holds these themed dance nights where like they have a DJ come and they rent out a place and the DJ does like a set of just an artist. So um, like our town in the next month, we've got, we had a Taylor Swift one last night. There's a Bad Bunny one coming up in a few weeks. One Direction, just really fun. Um, and so Sarah and I went last night and it was like, I, I'm a little hesitant about like clubs and dancing for the most part, just cause like it can be a little skeezy, a little sketchy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never felt safer or like happier, just s- screaming my heart out to music and dancing all night long. It was it was so much fun. But as a result, and I have a little bit of a head cold too, um, I sound horrendous today. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, if you all can believe it, it's gotten better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Chris did tell me I sounded like a small bear. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what was the most millennial thing you did this week, Chris? I want to take count. I'm I'm too lazy to do this, but I okay. want to take count of how many times avocados or Taylor Swift have actually been your. It's a like, lot millennial thing. It's a lot. I do a lot of Taylor Swift related activities that need a lot of avocados. So fair. Fair. Yeah. Okay. My most millennial thing, I, this week's tough. I feel like I just kind of did like gotten the, gotten the motions of just the day-to-day work. Um, as a headline, this is not meant to like pat myself on the back at all. However, this does reference back to, uh, one of our like first episodes that we've created. I know that we're only like 20 something in, but one of our first create, uh, items where we talk about just the um the path that the younger generations are taking away from organized religion and that they're choosing other paths uh some would even refer to much like the uh the lovely person that started whole 30 i'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to get their hands on her for how miserable <laughs> I've only heard people like just be miserable <laughs> while they're on the whole 30 or experiencing whole 30 with it a partner. Kind of tough. Thank you to the friends out there who stuck by me while I was doing it. There's several <laughs> of you listen. I appreciate it. Yeah. But she refers to uh, being out in nature 
and hiking as uh, going to church. Yeah, mountain church. Mountain church. Jillian has her own church <laughs> oh, that she attends. And I'll, I, I want to say it's a little bit more important to her now than uh, has been before. Uh, we've mentioned this place on the podcast a couple times. Uh, at this point, you would think that we're they're sponsored. We're not sponsored by them. They're just a great establishment. Uh, and I go very infrequently. But there's a, there's a place uh, locally owned here in Salt Lake, uh, one or two or three locations, two locations. Two locations yeah. And it's uh, Torrent Cycle. And it is a uh, spin club, spin classes. Yeah, it's like a offered. cycle studio. Cycle studio. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, and as of recent, within the last handful of uh, weeks and on continuing weeks, they have the full discography of Taylor Swift on Friday evenings. All roads lead back to Taylor. <laughs> um Jillian missed her ability to reserve her bike last week. I jumped on at like the bikes open at noon for the next week. And I, Chris and I were chatting. And so I jumped on on like 12, 13 or something. And not only was every bike sold out, it's like a 40 person studio. Every bike was sold out. Every spot on the wait list was full as well. So I had no chance of getting it. So... TLDR, Jeej couldn't go to church. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite albums, Reputation, for those of you out there who partake of the Taylor. <laughs> and so in my, uh, my elderly millennial stance, I see a partner in need, but have no recollection of very many Taylor Swift songs at all. <laughs> I tried to be an overbearing cycle studio instructor so Jeej could still go to church on Friday on her Peloton that she drives a full hour round trip away from to go cycle at this place. Let me give a little bit more credit to Chris. He like listened to the album all the way through. He put together... For, for the reasons I had never listened to it before, just as an aside. He put together this like playlist according to the structure at Torrent. They have like a candle ceremony where they like kind of pump you up, and then <laughs> people who do really good in class get to blow out a candle. And so he had a candle ready for me. You he either made that towel. sound like a cult or kindergarten. I couldn't tell I mean, which one it was. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it was so 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 sweet. Chris is the absolute best partner in the entire world. Again. Not meant to to fish for compliments, but unless but I was a unless I was a overworked millennial this week, that's as like good as it got for me. <laughs> you did amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, before we start, anything that we need to chat about? I can't think of anything. Anything we need to chat about, Chris? I think just an invitation. Uh, we're grateful for those who yeah. listen to us please share please help other people come and find us uh we're pretty committed to making this podcast we're committed to uh making sure that we make things that are worthwhile for for folks so thank yeah. you very much feel free to uh introduce us to those who you think might enjoy us okay definitely i'm gonna set the stage for everyone okay. today 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 was out with a couple fans of the pod yes i.e. work colleague friends that I have. Yes. <laughs> what was it? Uh, the week before last. 
Yes. And so uh, we all work for a company where some of us are local, some of us aren't local. And on rare occasion, um, everyone kind of comes to a central place to take care of some business items uh, for, I don't know, about a week or a little bit less than a week. So a couple of my work friends were in. They listened to the podcast. Shout out to you guys. So here we are sitting at a sushi place. All just kind of chatting, all trying not to talk about work because we just worked a bunch and we didn't want to do that anymore. And the topic of uh, relationship finances came up. So if I were to just pause it right there, what would you think relationship finances, Jeej? Oh, I don't know. Th- probably how um when you're in like a long-term partnership or relationship like how do you handle money do you split bills evenly does everything kind of go into one account kind of that yeah we had we had quite the representation of millennials at the table we had uh, those who had been divorced and remarried we had those who their path is long-term relationships and some that are just one time married. And so it was like quite the, uh, smattering of life experiences there and really started talking about the, the concept of what do you all do between you and your partner with, with money, with funds, with all of those things. And the minute I, the minute I like, got deep into this conversation. I, I knew that I was like, ah, we got to talk about this. This is like not unique to just this little table. I'm sure it happens to tons of people yeah. and how they go and approach life. And so I looked up a bunch of stuff on the internet just to make sure that I wasn't like in my own little uh, echo chamber there of, yeah, of course everyone does this. Right. Um, and so if anyone wants to look, you feel free to go type in the topic of Google. You can find the articles. I'm not going to mention any ones here particularly, but, um, the majority of the table has an outcome where they and their partnership have, uh, split finances. That is very interesting to me because I feel like it's not that it's untraditional, but like maybe a little bit, not like what was modeled or taught for us growing up but something I'm very much like a fan of if it works for you, like do whatever configuration works. But yeah, apparently it works for, uh, like 30 to 50% of millennials and Gen Z, uh, aged individuals. Interesting. That is a big percentage. Yeah, it is. Right. And I think it's not unique to younger generations. However, it's more prevalent. Mm-hmm. in the younger generations that is. And so I yeah. didn't want to go dive and get someone else's ideas. I wanted to talk about the things that maybe I think they are and potentially you think that yeah. that's the reason. So when it comes to, so we're in a relationship, just I'll, I'll put it out there. Yes, uh, we are. We do like each other. I we, have a crush we, on you, Christopher. We very much enjoy each other. Um, <laughs> do you have a crush on me? Check yes or no. I'll, uh, wink if you're in trouble, right? <laughs> Jillian and I don't have shared finances currently. No, we don't. Right, and so we've been uh, we've been together for years now. We've yeah. been married for a time uh, at this point, and we still don't have any joint finances mm-hmm. at all. Nope. 
uh, up to this point. Things to come, but yeah. that's kind Could of change. where we're at, right? Yeah. And so why is it that you think younger and younger generations are willing to not join? I'm sorry, how do I say this correctly? Are more inclined to not join everything is how I'll state that. So I can see kind of two things here. The first one is, um, I think we talked about this earlier kind of in these episodes, but like there's a lot more women in the workforce, a lot more women, like uh, dual income households are kind of more and more and more the norm. Um, And I think when doing that, like, there's that changes your mindset a little bit right like there's two incomes coming in you've probably been working up to the point where you joined lives together and so at that point like why do you um unjoin and and we're getting married earlier later not earlier later on average too so you already have your established like your netflix is coming out of an account why would you want to put your netflix coming out of a joint account right there's like a lot more individual services were signed up for it's kind of like a bookkeeping hassle it feels like mm-hmm. and you're just established like you run your finances like you know how you run your finances why should anyone else like not so much tell you what to do with your finances but like why can't there be agreement where like you know what you're covering you know what kind of the the monetary expectation is and then does there need to be like, full disclosure, like, if I want to go buy a pair of pants, like, should you have to tell someone to buy a pair of pants? Buy five pairs. Buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are just my initial thoughts is, like, to sum that up, um, more women in the workplace were getting married later and were more established, um, like, financially. Yeah. We do because of those things. I like that. And I think I pretty much line up to that entirely um me just perusing the internet really quick um i think you and i situation where we have nothing joined up to this point um isn't rare but isn't common yeah um i think one of the most common outcomes is there is a joint account that is set aside and contributed to between uh two partners so that it covers a lot of the like joint base costs of yeah. life. Yeah. And so I think a lot of those costs would derive from uh, mortgage, rent, utilities, the, the, the general things that mm-hmm. um, provide us like the, the sanctuary of home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to there's a joint account, but they have access to all of my other accounts, we just don't join all the money to mm. there's a joint account and no one has access to any other uh, individual accounts there as well. Yeah. None of these being wrong, just no, most of these being wrong. just sociologically fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Because, yeah, that's interesting. And so I think to, to your point, a lot of it is depending on professions, depending on partnerships and relationships. Um, I don't think relationships will always have a net, even like monetary contribution. There's so many other intangibles there, but while we talk about money, I think it'll be just a little bit 
uh, rare for everyone to come to like dollar for dollar yep. equality. Definitely. Right? Yeah. But the concept of making joint decisions together that require joint like payment mm -hmm. in order to accomplish those goals seems to be very, very common. Yeah. But it would be like, what are those things that you like keep separate outside of those joint accounts? So Jillian is a fantastic purpose driven saver. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone is aware, right? She, she is, she is an amateur accountant <laughs> with her <laughs> stuff. Mind you, I've never seen any of it and yeah. I'm okay with that. This is just from our conversations and anecdotes that I pick up, right? <laughs> yes. I feel like it's been hitting hard this week too. I've been like, <laughs> I calculated exactly how many weeks it's going to take <laughs> to do this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, what are those things? What are those things that you say for as you find yourself doing things for you? Yeah. Like yeah. What, what, what are those things and how do you go about it? Ooh, that's kind of a big question. I think as far as like savings go, is yeah. that kind of where we want to target first? Yeah. So things that are not uh, me and you. Yeah. Right. Um, I think honestly, like a lot of my saving efforts go to kind of you and me things. Um, I really like to like Chris covers a lot of our life um, kind of day to day. And so I take on more of a role of like trips Mm -hmm. and stuff so i like to like say for that i like to like plan it all out and know what we're doing for the next one and make sure that it's like a really fun experience um i have like some personal little goals that mm -hmm. i always am saving for and then like to be very honest i have some debt that i'm trying to get rid of and i think that that's like a very okay thing to talk about and say like yeah have I made the best decisions in my life? Not always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are many things I regret. <laughs> but, like, it, it is what it is. And so, like, we tackle that as, as, as possible, as feasible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so those are, that's kind of what I do. Um, but I love, like, one thing I love about kind of how we do things is I never feel like pressure from you or like I'm going to get questions from you how I spend money which is great like I can buy I bought a candle mold that came in the mail today and I was like Chris will not ever care that this happened <laughs> right so I think it allows me and this is all very dependent on the person right like yeah. depending on how you grew up how things have been treated in prior relationships I want to get back to the previously to the yeah, like, geographic things you were talking about but yeah um i think it a lot depends on like yeah what what has your experience been up to your point what have you been like modeled as this um but yeah it it gives me like a lot of peace of mind not that chris would ever question even if he saw every single thing um it gives me a lot of peace of mind just to know that like i will not be questioned yeah. <laughs> ever for anything yeah I would say, I don't have the facts in front of me, but top one, top two reasons that uh, relationships dissolve yeah. of any nature is monetary uh, complications. I think, I, think, I think you're exactly right on that. Right? Yeah. And so it's... I think oftentimes when, when you 
choose partners, when you find partners, when partners come in and out of your life, whatever that is, yeah, you can enjoy them for like who they are and the experiences you have together and the memories that you share and all of that kind of stuff. And the fine for, for me, I'll speak from my experience. The finance stuff comes like a, towards the very, very end. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And I think oftentimes that, um, we don't necessarily pay the closest attention to what kind of a money person the other person that we like share our time and life with is right. Yeah. So for instance, I will give everyone what I illustrate as the two separate like ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. You have, you have the, uh, accounts payable clerk (laughs) in the relationship that's looking at the bank account every single day, looking at, Every single entry, and if it's not a normal entry, they're taking a note, jotting it down, and wondering what what that cost was, how that was, who it came from, what yeah. it was. You have a forensic accountant partner, or you have maybe the other side of the spectrum that uh, maybe has the money skills of a of a twelve year old. They know that money has power, uh, but they don't necessarily keep track yeah. of what, how, when, why the money does anything mm-hmm. for them, right? And there's everything in between. That's how I portray it. Yeah, no, I think you're, yeah, right. And so when I sit there and think about maybe the more extreme ends of that, mm-hmm. I can definitely see how that is a very complicated scenario to be in if it's not agreeable to you. And it gets, I feel like it, it pulls on our core senses of safety a little bit too, which um can definitely be very like frightening to people when they feel like they're not safe one way or another Mm -hmm. yeah and i could see how that creates a space or a scenario where people would say you know what i'm we join our lives we're doing these things i just need to make sure that there's a bank account over here that I can do the things that I need to with, right? Yeah. Maybe in not in a nefarious way, but more of like a self-protected, self-interest way, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's very okay, right? Like, um, as long as I'm very far, like as long as it's not harming anyone, does it super matter? <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, yeah, just thinking thinking about all those scenarios, I was like, wow, I could totally see why this has become so normal, right? Sometimes taking care of a relationship is maybe not giving it everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, you're setting like safeguards that keep someone feeling free too. I think that's like kind of a beautiful thing to do is like still let people feel every ounce of the freedom they have, but like know that maybe there's a little, mm-hmm. a little safety somewhere too. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. You had mentioned geographies. Oh, sorry. I meant like, ah, uh, I can't think today. Um, not, not so much geographies, but like social circumstances. I think it was very interesting that everyone that is kind of on their uh, second, third, whatever it is like long-term relationship had a very um, kind of didn't share accounts. Oh yeah. I can go back to that. Yeah. So at the table, um, those of those of us at the table who found ourselves uh, maybe out 
of a long-term relationship and into another one, remarried, whatever the circumstance was, found it very, very, very normal that the outcome was what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, what we need together is ours together is kind of what it just landed on. It was very normal, like no one batting an eye, no one doing anything. And again, different levels of contribution, but contributors all the same. There's yeah. dual income households in these situations. And it's like, how, how can you be mad at someone when they're doing what they want to do with the hours that they put in to earn the money that they do and are contributing at the level that's agreeable, yeah. right? That's kind of like where we landed there. Yeah, no. I think it's fascinating and I think like I I would love to see like some broken down statistics is like is this unique to this group of friends you were talking to is Oh, this- we had a full smattering. We had we had a we joined all of our monies in like the first 3 months. Yeah. We weren't married. We didn't even know if we'd stick around for a while. Yeah. Uh we have someone I imagine 10 plus years of of marriage that had their outcomes and then there was some of us so like we were pretty good representation of all the outcomes it's so interesting to me i would love to know like do people get a little bit more frightened or they just know the consequences of like if you divide up money again if you're in that circumstance again like this is just a little bit easier to do it Uh, that might be. Yeah. I think the only thing that, um, and this isn't a you and me thing, oh. but I think oftentimes people find themselves uh, in the American consumer cycle and debt is mm, acquired yeah. jointly, right? Yeah. Even if uh, positive cash flow and those dollars aren't necessarily experienced like fully jointly mm. in like the ledger of accounts, right? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And so, yeah, I d- debt. Debt comes to whoever signs the paperwork or swipes the card. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it, it's fascinating how far away it's getting from, oh gosh, this will date, this will date me because it was very, very old for me, but the depictions of like the American fifties, right? Oh, yeah. Or like the leave it to beavers and, and, mm-hmm. and some of those like, pop references of of that time of like referring back to like glory years and, you know, single income household, Mm -hmm. couple of kids. What I can only imagine was affordable life, affordable lifestyles, those types of things. And things have just changed so, so incredibly quickly. So much. Right. So much. Even kind of within our lifetime, I think it's well known on this podcast um, I attended a religious college, so did Chris. So, like, take that with a grain of salt with this next story. But I remember sitting in a required class. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing out of the mic on purpose. <laughs> that, um, that essentially, like, not essentially, that I, I was very much told that, like, there's no reason not to combine finances, right? Because, like, what kind of trust are you building if you don't combine it? Um, and, and like that being said, it was within taught within a religious context and a context where the women was expected to be a wife and mother, first of all. So probably not an income earner to um, to some degree. Or, or in the traditional workforce. Or in the traditional workforce, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and that like just to think that was in the 2010s <laughs> that that was taught so really have we as a society moved that much from the 1950s or are we kind of like does gen x combine money at the same rate we do um they combine money but they still have a higher rate of omission right and so yeah. they're still in that like 40 to 60 percent of combined funds yeah, interesting interesting yeah so i i don't know it's so interesting chris so uh in in some transparency for the the people who do listen uh jillian and i do have plans of getting our finances uh, in a structure that we agree to, yeah. we're just uh, going through the whole legalities of name change and all that kind of stuff. So we just don't want to do double work. Pro tip, <laughs> changing your name to something that's not your spouse's last name is very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Find a different life event to Find change your name with. a different with. life event. <laughs> it's not that it's not doable. You just, there's a lot of paperwork. And you have to go to court and pay a lot of money <laughs> to do it. Exactly. So, yeah, it just takes a little time. Yeah. And by, by no means are Jillian <laughs> and I trying to prescribe any particular approach. No, We not don't at think all. that one is better than any other one. Um, it does take a partnership. It, it does, does take trust. It does take conversation to say, what is it that we're comfortable with and what freedoms will we allow and what do we need in order to feel safe yeah. and still like have a combined life together? Yeah. That last one, Chris, like all these things I feel like are so changeable throughout a relationship too, right? Like this isn't a static decision you make one time. Mm -hmm. I remember when you and I were dating um, and I was like, we were like very serious and kind of talking about this. And I told you like, I need kind of like a run money. Like, okay, should pause I right there. I wasn't going to bring this up, <laughs> but this is very much a conversation we've had yeah. more than once. Can you take yeah. people into uh, maybe just below the cloud details of, of what that conversation is? Yeah. Um, so I, for various reasons, um, ended up a little money insecure after my last relationship ended. And I never wanted to be in a position again where I was beholden to, um, like any outcomes of something and not having absolute freedom to like feeling stuck in a relationship because I didn't have financial freedom in order to leave it. Um, and so it was very important with Chris to me. I'm going to cry. Goodness. It was very important. <laughs> raspy cry. Just a mess today. Um, so super important for me with Chris, um, and any it would have been any relationship I got into that I had that um that kind of fund of a handful of thousands of dollars that like should I need to leave a situation, I could do it and not and and not have to uh depend on others for to support me during a time um, and so like I expected some some like a not 
not backlash on that but i expected like anything chris was like yeah of course (laughs) of course if that makes you feel safe and like at this point in a relationship i don't feel that need anymore um chris has done nothing but as you've heard be the most wonderful partner ever and make me feel very secure in every way um but uh, but yeah like that was just kind of to illustrate that things are personal things might not always be straight logical when you have these discussions but things Mm -hmm. can change um yeah and i'm forever grateful that you were so willing to have these hard conversations with me at the beginning that just led to more and more trust oh i wanted to know i was getting into too (laughs) jeej but yeah i think um i know Folks are in different situations or at different milestones of maybe a partnership or not a partnership uh, for what that is. But don't neglect yourself. Don't neglect what you need. Don't neglect uh, what you want. And if you are in a partnership, find find that space to have the conversations that make sure that everyone feels good about moving forward and what the financial outcomes of that partnership is and what they want. Right. Definitely. So uh, Gigi and I like to, to be Frank would love to buy a house together. Uh, Now is obviously not the time (laughs) to, to buy, buy a home, but definitely something that we, we aspire to and things that we want to jointly do together on those items. Um, this podcast that makes zero dollars is our combined financial <laughs> venture as well. Uh, but we, we just enjoy doing this we more than anything. Doing this. I, so I don't fun. need this to make a, a dollar ever. No, but we'd love to universe. If you're hearing us, we would love a dollar. Right. And so I, I think I would just invite you all maybe in, uh, the, in a positive tone, like what's successful, what works for the, the position and the outcomes that you're in financially with a partner, without a partner, whatever that is like, what are the scenarios? Do you find yourself in a fully joined? Everyone can see everything. Everyone can access everything. Or is there some hybrid or, or do you find ourselves yourselves like Gigi and I for the moment where we, we fight who swipes the card For the few gentlemen that that listen to this podcast, because I know it's all you ladies, and I appreciate every single one of you ladies that listens to my beautiful partner, Gigi. Um, Find you a girl who wants to fight you to swipe their card every once in a while and take a turn. It's so refreshing. Until it gets frustrating. It brings me so much joy. We talked about this in, in our last podcast, last episode. Chris has a hard time taking care of himself. Like... Not taking care of himself, like not in a, not in a negative light. I, negative I, I take showers. Yes, I, I I have hygiene. I take care of myself. So, he does take <laughs> care of himself, but like he'll often go without for himself. Um, and so it like one thing I love about our not combined finances is even though I understand it's like hypothetically all in the same like kind of cloud of money. Like I love being like, hey baby cakes i'm taking you shopping let's go get new shorts for you because your old shorts have holes in them let's do this and like that brings me joy to like for you to for you to receive the same like level of care you do for everyone else 
And because I'm so cheap, she at least let me go to the discount store to get new shorts. <laughs> don't. I don't want to fight that today. <laughs> so yeah, finances. I think finances can get like pretty negative depending on how you look at it. I think a lot of people can get into negative millennial outlooks of what dollars earned to uh, purchasing power. I mean, eggs are eight dollars a carton of eggs right now depending on where you go uh it, it it's not it's not the funnest time to live through inflationary outcomes of our generations what has been faced with yeah. right yeah. but I, what we wanted to focus on is what what's natural what what feels right and how does everyone approach their partnership finances right yeah. so Feel free to share with us. Uh, I know that we're not the most active on social media, but we're still on there for those who want to share. Uh, it's, it's, it's more fascinating to me as, as someone who's just like watching from the sociological sidelines here. Yeah. But anything else? No, I think I'm proud of our generation and kind of like I'm able to have conversations with my friends about like finances and how they handle them and things. And I think there's a lot less fear or quietness around money in our generation like i love that we're kind of a salary sharing generation like all of these cool things um so just props to everyone for like destigmatizing these things for yes. being very open about like how tough it is sometimes to exist in a capitalist society um and yeah find what works for you there's really not a right answer but make sure you're that you feel safe. Perfect. All, all right. That's all I have. <laughs> Another episode down. Another episode down. We will be back next week. We will. We will uh, hopefully less raspy. Less raspy yeah. and maybe something more fun to talk about. Oh, this was a great though. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> all right. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.